The Ontario NDP has booted MPP Sarah Jama from caucus for refusing to retract anti-Israel statements. Liberal and NDP MPs vote to keep the Nazi invitation inquiry behind closed doors. A True North exclusive reveals that a clean tech crown corporation is funding companies tied to its board members. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, October 24th, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Hamilton Centre MPP Sarah Jama was kicked from the NDP caucus for refusing to retract statements she had made expressing anti-Israel sympathies, including denouncing Israel as an apartheid regime and claiming that it's committing atrocities in the Gaza Strip. Jama refused to retract the statement she made on October 10th, accusing Israel of practicing apartheid and participating in so-called settler colonialism while ignoring Hamas's attack against Israel that killed upwards of 1,400 Israeli civilians. Ontario's Legislative Assembly voted to censure Jama and strip her of her privilege to be called upon by the House Speaker, calling her statements anti-Semitic, discriminatory, and in defense of Hamas terrorists. Ontario NDP leader Merritt Stiles issued a statement saying that she and Jama had originally reached an agreement to keep her in the caucus under the condition that she work in good faith with the NDP caucus with no surprises. However, Stiles says that Jama had operated independently to undermine the NDP's collective work and had contributed to an unsafe work environment for some NDP staff. Jama doubled down on her anti-Israel comments in the Legislative Assembly as the House was debating a motion to censor the Hamilton Center MPP on Monday. She claimed that Israel had begun a, quote, horrible siege against Palestinians and that Israeli forces were killing Palestinians as a form of, quote, collective punishment. The NDP voted against censuring JAMA, calling the motion, quote, an extreme step that will disenfranchise the voters of Hamilton Center. The NDP had previously abstained from a motion in the legislature, expressing support for Israel's right to defend themselves and condemning Hamas. Noah, it seems that JAMA has gone rogue uh, for the NDP here, and they have really no choice but to stand by as she's evicted from the party, but I would suspect that there are many people within the Ontario NDP elected officials who actually agree with her and probably wanted to vote against the censure. Yeah, I believe that the only reason why a lot of NDP members did not come out in support of JAMA is because they didn't want to commit, well, quite frankly, career suicide like Sarah JAMA did. Sarah was Uh, kicked out from the NDP caucus, so she probably won't be able to win re-election again. But it just goes to show that the type of people the NDP are recruiting to become uh, members of their legislative assembly, members of parliament, provincially and federally, uh, these are are people that hold quite extreme sympathies for Hamas terrorism. I mean, Sarah Jama was given multiple weeks to retract her statements, basically 
condemning Israel for the attacks that was perpetrated against their own civilians and condemning Israel for so-called war crimes. You're right, Noah, and it seems like this decision and the outcome for JAMA is designed in a way to show um, the consequences of, you know, supporting Hamas uh, in essentially an attack on Israel. Do you think other MPs will have, you know, think twice maybe, or MPPs rather will think twice maybe before expressing explicit support for Hamas's attack while denying, on the other hand, some of the, you know, deaths and consequences for the Israeli people? I would hope so, Cosman, but, you know, we recently we saw over, I believe, 30 members of parliament sign a letter letter this was uh federal liberals ndp years and uh the two green party mps they all signed a letter basically calling for a ceasefire during a time in which well israel was attacked and they feel it necessary to root out the threat of hamas that you know hamas is a genuine threat to their uh people um calling for a ceasefire at this time just basically means that you don't believe that Israel has the right to defend themselves and they have the right to root out a enemy uh, to their people. So at this point, I'm not exactly confident that more MPPs, more MPs won't take the Sarajama route. Conservative MPs on the House of Commons' Procedure Committee blasted Liberal and NDP colleagues for voting to make an inquiry into the invitation of a Nazi soldier to the House of Commons last month private and unavailable to the general public. A motion before the committee called for a transparent and public inquiry into how former Ukrainian 14th SS Division Galicia member Yaroslav Hanka was given a place of honor in parliament during Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's visit to Canada. The conservative motion was voted down with four MPs supporting a public inquiry and seven MPs voting against. Conservative MP Michael Cooper accused opponents of engaging in a cover-up and keeping the truth from Canadians to protect Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's reputation. At the time, former Speaker Anthony Roda invited Hanka to stand before the House of Commons. MPs then gave him a standing ovation. Roda has since resigned from his position as the Speaker of the House and was replaced by Liberal MP Greg Fergus. Jewish groups widely condemned the innocent calling it a disgrace to the memory of those who suffered in the Holocaust. So, Cosman, this is uh, one of the most embarrassing moments in modern Canadian political history, inviting a Nazi to the House of Commons and celebrating it. Why do you believe that the Liberals are covering this up? Well, look, I think it's ironic that the House of Commons Procedure and House Affairs Committee is denying Canadians an opportunity into the procedure into looking into the procedure of the House of Commons in a transparent way. I personally don't really buy the current, you know, narrative that Anthony Rota was solely responsible for this incident. Surely somebody else must have known. Surely I think the Prime Minister must have known, but that is not a verifiable statement, and it won't be until... Canadians get to the truth of the matter and they see exactly the process and the vetting that went on in the House of Commons in the Speaker's office uh, to bring this individual into the House of Commons. And as you said, yes, it's embarrassing, it's disgraceful, 
and it will be forever a stain on parliamentary history. You're right, Cosman. It should be made public uh, as to how this incident happened. Either uh, the speaker invited this person to the House of Commons with very little oversight. Uh, the prime minister's office was not known. Uh, security was not known. Uh, just the proper authorities were not alerted to the fact that a Nazi was invited to the parliament. And it just goes to show the incompetence that is going on in parliament or the prime minister's office did know, uh, the parliamentary security did know, and they still allowed this person to come to the House of Commons regardless of that. Companies connected to members of a federal Crown Corporation's board of directors have received tens of millions of dollars in funding from the organization tasked with investing in new clean technologies. A review by True North shows that Sustainable Development Technology Canada, SDTC, a foundation established and funded by the Canadian government, has been doling out money to companies its board members own or work for. SDTC operates at arm's length from the government but is funded by Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada. Its mandate is to advance clean technology innovation by funding clean tech companies and their projects. However, an ISED report conducted by the consulting company Raymond Shabot Grant Thornton and leaked to True North found that members of SDTC's board have been funding companies with which they are directly involved. Following the report, Industry Minister François-Philippe Champagne announced the government was temporarily freezing SDTC funding, though the Crown Corporation denied any wrongdoing. A review by True North found several members of the SDTC board have vested financial interests in the company's the Crown Corporation has given seed money to in the last seven years. You can read the full report by my friend Noah Jarvis here at www.tnc.news. So Noah, please, you know, take me through the process of how you came across this report, what sort of review you conducted, and Talk, please, a little bit about uh, Minister Champagne's uh, response. So from the information that I was able to glean from the report that we were shared, uh, I was able to go through some public records that SDTC has on their website, and I was able to cross-reference that information with uh, some of the companies that these board members are uh, have vested interest in. And what you can find is that a lot of the companies that uh, SDTC have been invested in, these board members have personal and financial vested interests in. For example, uh, the board member, Andre Lise Method, she stopped serving on the board in September 2021, but she was a board member for six years. And during those six years, a lot of the, the companies that her venture capital firm, Cycle Capital, is invested in, uh, had received millions and millions of dollars from SDTC. Uh, Spark Microsystems received $2.25 million. Uh, ViewReal received $8.5 million. MindSense received $4 million. And she is one of the people that has to approve uh, money to be uh, given to these companies. So it is a serious conflict of interest and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars are being doled out to companies in which these board members have personal and financial vested interests. 
Now, uh, Minister Champagne, he was given the same Raymond Chabot report that I read, and Minister Champagne concluded that yes, they will be they will stop funding SDTC until December 31st. But he is also entrusting the same board members and executives implicated in this report to conduct the reforms necessary to stop this uh, rampant corporate misconduct, which doesn't really make any sense to me, because if these board members and executives are still sitting and serving in SDTC, there's no reason to believe that they're going to change their conduct and there won't be any justice for the misconduct. But Minister Champagne is entrusting the same board members and executives implicated in this report uh, to implement these reforms uh, to basically clear up the corporate misconduct that they themselves have been conducting. There is, isn't any real function to where these board members and these executives will be brought to justice for the misconduct um, and the just inappropriate spending of taxpayer dollars that they have been engaged in for years on end. Yeah, no, and it's not unusual for these, you know, so-called independent bodies to give themselves uh, generous payouts. If if you recall a few years ago in 2020 when the government appointed this board to essentially distribute its, its journalism funding, there was several companies on that panel, including I think it was the Winnipeg Free Press, that awarded themselves federal grants. And their excuse was, well, when the discussion came about these companies which were implicated in, we recused ourselves. So did you get any response from these individual board members or an explanation on exactly what procedure they followed when distributing these funds? I did not get a response from these board members. The only one that responded to me was Guy We May. And Guy basically told me that you can, talk, you can ask SDTC. Uh, so, which was basically a non-response. I reached out to SDTC themselves and they gave me a non-response, basically trying to uh, wipe their hands clear of any uh, wrongdoing and stuff like that. SDTC also put out a press release basically saying that they will not be conducting an investigation and that everything is hunky-dory. We just need to make some minor reform. So it seems as if SDTC doesn't really plan on uh, you know changing much of how they operate and the board members don't really seem to uh, try and be taking any accountability for their actions. Now the Raymond Chabot report it did note that the board has a tough time basically discussing conflicts of interest during board meetings. They have a tough time documenting this and board members seldom recuse themselves from uh, votes in which they have a conflict of interest with the company that they are funding. So it seems to me as if not only is the board trying to dodge accountability, but the government is also trusting these same board members and executives implicated in being accountable for themselves. That's it for today, folks. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, The Andrew Lawton Show will be live at 1 p.m. Eastern today. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. <laughs>